Hey, you're listening to an Upbeat Rewind featuring Kioa De Los Reyes on July 1st, 2019. Kioa is a great friend of mine from college. He's a professional hip-hop dancer and entrepreneur who created his own movement and dance studios. In this episode, he brings a lot of value talking about stereotypes, finding common ground, and how we can love everyone. Visit hiphopidaho.com for details about Lost Tribes classes, camps, and shows. Right now, you're listening to an Upbeat Rewind featuring Kioa De Los Reyes. This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Here in the studio right now with Kioa. How's it going, man? Pretty good. How are you, man? Doing good. Thanks for being here on Upbeat. I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Briefly tell the listeners a little bit more about yourself and, and what it is you do. Yeah, so my name is Kioa Delos Reyes. I'm originally from Hawaii, but I'm a hip hop dancer and choreographer, and now I'm a studio owner of a hip hop studio in Idaho, Southeast Idaho. So already that gives you a little (laughs) taste of how crazy I am um, to start something like that out here, but it's going to be dope. I mean, we've already been in it for a year and there's a lot of following. There's a lot of kids, especially boys that are getting into dance because it's hip hop. It's very mm-hmm. entertaining. Um, people love it and it's nothing against other styles, but you know, sometimes we don't like the traditional ballet or, or the ballroom or, or jazz or modern stuff. Uh-huh. We want to do really fun stuff. I agree, man. I, so unknown fact about me is I used to do dance. Okay. I mean, doesn't look like it now probably, but, uh, my parents had me join dance and my sister joined dance when we were really little when I was like four or five and I did hip hop and I mean, hip hop was my favorite, but I did all the dances, ballet, Uh tap, contemporary, all that stuff. Uh, They even had me in tumbling and gymnastics and stuff, everything. And I did that until I was probably like 11 or 12. And then we moved, we actually moved from Denver to Idaho. And when I got to Idaho, I was like this little kid, diva I guess I don't know and I was just like they don't have any good studios here like they don't have what Denver has and I quit and I joined football and got all chubby and life was different (laughs) all right so you guys heard it Parker Kane is gonna be our guest star for at least one of our numbers sometime in this life (laughs) sometime let me work on it for the next 15 years (laughs) we'll work on one routine for 15 years it's a lot of talent man dance I don't think people understand how hard dance actually actually is yes especially when you're including multiple people to come up with a routine and you're not just doing it by yourself it is nuts uh the last couple well when i say couple i mean two weeks Mm -hmm. i've been at soda springs idaho i've been in pocatello idaho rigby drake's for two days and then i still have my college team here and then i'm teaching my youth crew a routine all all tomorrow so it's it's a lot of traveling it's a lot of going to different spots in Southeast Idaho, yeah. even, even the smaller ones, I mean, places like Driggs, Soda mm-hmm. Springs where it's population you, right? <laughs> and then you come in yeah. and, but it's awesome. The talent here in Southeast Idaho is amazing. And that's one of the reasons I decided to stay here mm-hmm. and start a hip hop only studio in Southeast Idaho. Well, and it needs it here. Exactly. Definitely needs it here. And then I don't know how you're doing it because all those different places you just named, like you have different routines from all those places too, right? Yep. Formations, routines. And when it, at least for me, when it comes to 
choreography and setting it for a, a school or a dance studio. I love doing formation changes. I love doing transitions. I love doing layers. But with that comes a lot of time and yeah. figuring it out. And a lot of times it's on the spot. Mm-hmm. So you really got to be on your toes. It's a lot of working before you even get to the place so that you have all your choreography done. And the day of, it's very intense that you're trying to push out all this choreography, but not make it too easy. Right. Yeah. Cause you still want to challenge them. But then you also got to realize hip hop dance isn't very big out here and that's okay. And that's why I'm here, but you still have to be able to get them on a high level, but not overdo it and not make it look bad. Yeah. Right. So there's a lot of, a lot of challenges, a lot of things that go into it. This podcast is largely based on passion and motivation and how someone ends up where they're at today, you know? Right. So let's talk about where your passion for dance came from. Like you individually, um, what drove you to be so into it that now you're like a studio owner and you're doing all these things, right? Like back in the day, back when you were a kid, or maybe it came later, what, what, how'd you get here? How'd you get passionate about dance? Yeah. So everyone thinks I started at a young age, like, like you did, right? Mm-hmm. Started dancing at around four and, and yeah. I didn't, I actually didn't start dancing till I was 17. Oh, wow. So, so what happened was, um, we moved to Vancouver, Washington, which is right next to Portland, Oregon mm-hmm. when I was 15 and it was a hard transition for me. And I grew up playing sports, every sport. But when I moved to Washington, it was just so hard to get into the sports at the high schools because they already had their players, they had their cliques. So I ended up doing drama. And in drama, I had a lot of friends that would kind of dance. I wouldn't say they're street dancers per se, but they love dancing for fun. Mm -hmm. And they would try to teach me moves here and there, even during class. But I it was just one of those, I don't know if I'm going to get into this. Ended up going to prom, junior prom with one of my friends. And it was just a friendly kind of uh, date and everything like that. But she was a dancer and she she was half Caucasian, half Peruvian. And she not only did school dance, but she did studio dance. Mm-hmm. Well, when we went to prom, you know, the circles would open up yeah, and she would get inside and she would get down, do her thing. <laughs> and then they would push me inside expecting I could dance and I could not move. Like I did not even have rhythm. I mean, we're talking old school hitch, stay at home. Couldn't even do that. Wow. So that night embarrassed me a lot. Mm -hmm. And it was that night I decided I'm going to try learning some moves so this doesn't happen again. So I asked that same date. Her name is Samantha. And I asked her, hey, take me to a class, take me to whatever, however you learn. Cause I don't know how this works. So she mentioned a studio in Washington called Groove Nation, which was a only hip hop academy. Did my, my first workshop learned an eight count. I learned what an eight count was. Cause when these guys were counting just to eight and they went back to one, Mm -hmm. I was going, what is going on? Well, and let's teach the listeners right now. What's, I mean, there's probably a lot of people listening that don't know what an eight count is. Right. So, so an eight count is, that, and that's how we just teach routines and moves, right? We go mm-hmm. one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, and we go back to one. Now, usually I tell all the little ones with the reason we don't count to nine is because seven, eight, nine, <laughs> right? And we go back, but yeah. it, it helps with remembering moves and everything like that. And when they were teaching it, just like maybe some of the listeners right now is going, this does not make any sense. Like, why would you circle back around yeah, to and, one? 
And then I was actually with all their competition team dancers in there and I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So they were on such a higher level and they would dance and I'd look at them and going, oh my gosh, this is, you got served. <laughs> this yeah. is stomp the yard. Like these guys are good. Step up. And then that same day, they, um, the leaders, the owner and uh, Mark Roy asked if I wanted to be on their competition team. Wow. And I was just like, what? Like <laughs> I just came to learn maybe one move and now you're asking me to be on the team. And I decided to do it. And from there, I learned some choreography. I had a lot of friends who freestyled as well. So I was getting a taste of both worlds Mm -hmm. and it just shot from there. Um, Within four months, I was already up here in school at BYU, Idaho, got asked to teach choreography for the first time. I Mm -hmm. went from not knowing what, what an eight count was Four months later, I'm teaching an eight count to other people who didn't know what an eight yeah. count was. And then six months later, 10 months later, we're opening up for the job walkies. Dang. In Portland, Oregon at the Rose Garden, but now it's the Moda Center. Mm-hmm. Um, we, I got back with my old crew when I came back from college. I taught them choreography, which was very new to them because they were all freestyle dancers. And we ended up winning a radio competition in Portland, Oregon on... Z100. And one of the prizes of winning was you got to open up for America's Best Dance Crew season one and two on tour. And of course, you had the winners, the job walkies on that tour. Mm -hmm. So that has still been my biggest performance ever is opening up for one of the best hip hop crews in the world. Right. I mean, they have their own show in Las Vegas. Yeah. They're amazing. And I don't know if you remember this because it date and it really dates us, but our first time, at least my first time. Yeah, 2014. Re- remembering like meeting you and, and seeing you dance and stuff was in 2014 at that. Beach Boys. The Driggs event. Yeah, yep. with the Beach Boys. The, uh, Fourth of July celebration out in Driggs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and for any of the listeners who have been listening to all the episodes or if you're just finding the podcast, go back a few episodes to the one with Preston, Preston. Lee. That's, that's how I met him too. So th- that event really, I mean so many years ago connected me with some of the people who have really influenced my life and I'm still connected with, which is pretty sweet. No, no, it's awesome. But you guys were amazing then 2014. So I can't imagine how much even better you are now. Five years later. Yeah. It's crazy. Time flies so fast. (laughs) So did you study dance in college then? So in college, I actually studied communications. Okay. Um, I was a visual media emphasis, mm-hmm. so I do a lot of design. Did you design these flyers that are here? I did. See, they, they look great. I mean, you guys can't see them. You're probably listening in your car and or getting ready, but regardless, it's an audio show, so you can't see these, but these flyers for some of the things he has coming up, they look pretty legit. I ended up dancing for the school's tour team, mm-hmm. meaning we would take a show on tour to different spots, and with the school, I went on three tours to the East Coast, Canada, and then we did a Costa Rica and Panama tour. And they even asked me, they said, Kiowa, you should go check um, to see what you need left to minor in dance. And I said, sure, why not? It'll be good on my resume. It'll be a good <laughs> conversational starter yeah. in my interview. And then when I went to the office and I said, okay, what do I need? She looked over it for a minute and she said, actually, you, you can pretty much get it right now. What? So I said, awesome. I need to take anything extra. She's like, you actually have more credits in dance than you need to get a dance minor. <laughs> so I said, sweet, let's put it on there. So I did study dance as 
a part of the tour team, we had to take technique classes. So I was studying ballet. I was studying ballroom. I was studying modern. Um, I even taught a few one credit world dance classes, mm-hmm. which meant like I, I taught different dances from around the world. Yeah. And with my Polynesian background, I do know a lot of Polynesian dances. So it helped a lot. Awesome, dude. I didn't know that about you. How did I not know? I was a communication major too, so I guess we just didn't share any of the same classes or anything. No, I'm just a lot older. (laughs) That's what it is. Maybe. (laughs) In finding this new passion for dance and then pursuing it, what have been some some of the biggest roadblocks doing that? So, one of the biggest, there's actually two. Okay. But I think one of the biggest one, and we don't see it a lot, is you have a lot of female directors or studio owners. Mm-hmm. And what makes it easier for them, especially in this community, a lot of them, um, their husbands make all the bread, right? Mm-hmm. They're the breadwinners. So you have these wives that can actually do a studio and not worry per se about making lots of money to support a family. They can actually yeah. have fun with it. They can actually not have a lot of stress, the, the stress levels of trying to make more money mm-hmm. where I don't want my wife to work, but I have to make all that money. So what I have to do and the plans I have to do and the way we do it is, is a lot different than how they do it out here. People yeah. say, man, you're, you're a lot more expensive than some other studios or this or that. And I'm like, I know, I know I am, but I, I have to make money as a business owner to support yeah. my family. And I think your kid is worth it. Now that we're talking about that, mm-hmm. the area I chose to start a hip hop studio yeah. isn't one of the easiest. Southeast Idaho doesn't have as much hip hop influences as Salt Lake City, Utah, as Los Angeles, California, San Diego, Seattle, Boston, New York. Mm-hmm. You know, where the demographic out here is, is different. I'm not saying they're not good at it yet. But it's, it's just not the hype. Right. It's not the hype. Like there, there's so much more going on here uh, that doesn't put hip hop dance in the limelight. Whereas in other places, that's like the cool thing to go do. Exactly. So people said, my friends would always ask me back home, oh, why don't you come back here and start one? Or why don't you come down to Utah? And and saturated. One? Right. And it's very saturated. Whereas in here, as of right now, I don't have much competition, mm-hmm. but I also believe the kids here deserve it. You have kids here traveling to Boise, traveling to Utah every other weekend, wanting to get these hip hop workshops yeah, or classes and they can't. Yeah. So I said, all right, I'll choose a spot I can take over. And I chose a spot that I had already a good following. Mm-hmm. I was already teaching hip hop classes at nine different studios. Yeah. So I knew that it was something I could take that wasn't yeah. so big of a risk because I already had a following for a few years. So... Once I dove in last year, realized, man, this is something we can we can push, we can mm-hmm. grow. And obviously, it takes time, it takes a, a community, it takes a tribe. And that's that's one of the reasons I chose the name Lost Tribe. Mm-hmm. Now, people always ask, then why Lost? Yeah. And for me, one of the biggest things is I don't think people realize that hip-hop dance has so many fundamentals, right? All we care about is all the flashy energetic, entertaining stuff, right? But there's so many fundamentals that make all that entertaining, the aspect of it, so amazing. Mm-hmm. But all they want to do is get the move. They want they don't want to learn the move. They just want to do it because yeah. it's cool, right? Mm-hmm. So I wanted to bring something that I thought was lost. 
Yeah. So. Okay. It's the same reason too. Uh, I'm sure you heard, you've heard of him, but graffiti barber salon oh, yeah. in Rexburg. I think that's cool too. And it's the same kind of story. And I hope to get them on the podcast too sometime, but, uh, he was thinking, okay, a barber shop would be a cool idea to bring into this demographic, right? Where yeah. they don't really have that either. And he was like, what am I going to call this thing? And they're like, okay, we're going to call it graffiti. Why? Because graffiti is so abnormal for yep. this area. And for that reason, they blew up. And I think a lot of it is we're bringing different cultures in, in this area. We're not trying to take the culture over per se, but we're just bringing a whole different culture that people can, can at least learn about. Right. Mm-hmm. Our mind is the hip hop culture. It's the hip hop dance culture. Yeah. Um, I mean, and hopefully one day we can get into the different aspects of just hip hop overall, which, whether it's DJing, emceeing, graffiti, getting into the different elements so that people understand what we see in our eyes. Right. And that's that, not bad. No, and it's not. And people think of graffiti obviously just as the tagging of, uh, <laughs> you know, of trains and, and walls. And there's so much more art to it that people don't understand. We just get that stereotype of, oh, that's bad. Yeah. Hip hop is bad. Hip hop dance is bad. And hip hop music is right. bad. So slowly, I think we're just trying to bring that culture so people can see that it is okay and that it is safe that your kids can come and learn these hip hop dance moves and it's not your twerking. It's not your grinding that people see in the media because it's so twisted, but that yeah. you, you can still do very good, clean hip hop that still looks good. And that's still true hip hop. And that's just got a real wow factor too. Like yeah. when you're a person watching that, you're like, holy crap, how did they flip through the air like that? Or yeah. how are they spinning on their head? You know what I well, mean? And, and so that they can respect, I guess the hours of practice and the the money that we put into mm-hmm. this art, just like you would do with anything else, yep. right? Quality, and I think you should be you should be charging for people to to come learn those things because that's adding value to their lives. That'll, oh, exactly. That'll change their lives forever. You know, if you pers- if you start learning dance moves like you didn't know that before, you know, and and it, and it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And and my hope is that. They have fun doing it when they go to school dances. They're not the dudes on the wall just sitting there like wallpaper. They can actually get out and have fun because dance is fun. Yep. And I think people know it's fun. They're just too scared to show it. Yeah. Right. And hopefully we can break down those walls, open them up, make them more confident. I mean, dance, you don't just go to dance to learn a move. You become better people. You become more confident. You make friends. It's, yeah. it's a lifestyle, right? And that's what I teach at my studio. If all they learned were hip hop movements, then I didn't do my job. Yeah. You know, they're the future leaders. So I'm, I'm trying to teach them principles. Good life, good, yeah. Good life lessons, principles. Dance is just my medium in which I do it. That's sweet. I was going to ask too, Are you, do you notice when people come to a studio or like when a, when a little kid or a teenager is coming to learn hip hop or, or dance in general, do you find that it be like a pretty quickly becomes an outlet for them and they feel like that's their favorite place to go and that's where they feel safe and that's where they feel like they can truly express themselves? Oh yeah, for sure. I've had many, many parents tell me even before they sent their child that I'm going to warn you this, my kid is very shy. Yeah. Like very, very shy. By the end of the year, 
when we do freestyle circles, right? We call ciphers where you just go in the circle and do whatever you want, have fun. Every student, every student gets in mm-hmm. and that's huge. Now, sometimes are they amazing moves? No, but that's not the point. We open it up and with the older kids, I do sometimes almost require at least like five seconds, right? Or one yeah. move. With the little ones, we just open it up and sometimes they don't go in maybe for the first couple of weeks or a month. Yeah. But slowly they'll just come in and start doing some moves. It gets to a point where I've had a few kids that have been with me for a little bit longer and mm-hmm. I'm struggling getting them out of the circle. I'm like, okay, <laughs> your time effect. is your time is up. Someone else's turn. And but that's that's a good bad thing to have when they don't want to get out of the circle because they know they can be them. It's a safe environment and they can just express in a way they didn't know a few months ago. Yeah. Right. As someone who has found what they're, what they want to do in life and has found your passion and and you're pursuing it, what advice would you have for other people who are out there who maybe don't know what they're passionate about or do know, but they're just afraid to make that jump into the circle per se and, and start pursuing it? Well, for those that maybe don't know what their passion is, Mm -hmm. you have time. I think we develop different passions at different ages. Um, I I was very athletic. I think I'm still kind of athletic. (laughs) I loved sports growing up. I didn't know dance was a thing until later. And then even now I'm developing new talents. But I would say kind of just find what you like and what you're good at. Because obviously having both of those is, is a good thing. Sometimes you like something, but you're not very good at it. Sometimes you're very good at something, but you don't like it. You have to have both to have that passion because that passion will drive you when you hit the the lows, right? Yeah. Of running a business or, or following your passion. But for those that have already found it, I say jump in. And the younger you can jump in it, the more experience you can gain, right? A lot of small businesses take time and that's fine, yeah. right? But we live in an age where you can actually do that. Our parents, they were the ones that you know, if you went to college, you got a degree, you made money. Now we live in a time anyone can go to college. Anyone can get a degree. Some people don't even need degrees to get yeah. certain positions or jobs. And it doesn't mean you'll make money. Right. No, <laughs> we, I think our, our generation expects that once we get a degree, our jo- a job is going to be handed to us that pays a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And that's not the case anymore. Nope. Um, do I believe you have to go to college? No. Should you go to college? I think, yeah, it's not only do you get an education, but I think the experience helped me out a lot. Yeah. So I say you just jump in, try things, you'll make mistakes and that's fine. I think mm-hmm. better now than later. Yeah. If you're trying to start a business later in life, it, it's a little bit harder. Yeah. Right. And like I said, it takes time. So if you can start young, I say, why not? Yeah. Well, like social growth um, is is one aspect and honestly just pure dedication like an employer will look at you and be like okay you can handle four years of dumb crap (laughs) you know or hard stuff or whatever like they it just says to them that you have the dedication to get through that you know which is really important but then also i think people get stuck in a mindset of thinking either or meaning like if i go to college i can't do what i love for those four years and I say, screw that. Like you got to make time for it. You got to, you got to 
work on your priorities and your time management and you got to go to school and do what you love. I say college is the best time to start a business, right? Because you have so many resources for super cheap or free, right? As, as, as access. A, yeah. As a student, you have, I had access to all the Adobe programs to design <laughs> stuff, yep. right? Um, you have many hundreds upon hundreds of photographers building their portfolio. Yep. That means you have free shots, yep. right? And you're helping them. It's a win-win. So I think college is the best time to start well, a business. And just leveraging networking. If you're a student, oh, definitely. <laughs> you can say to this big boss man CEO, hey, I'm just a student. I'm trying to get some mentorship, some advice, some help. And they are just instantly going to give you, honestly, oh, yeah. their time and like help you with what you need because they know that you're trying to learn and that you're trying, yep. right? Uh, but then when you're out of school and you're like, Hey, like I really need this, but you can't say you're a student anymore. Yeah. That, I mean, networking still works and I still love doing it. And I have a whole other episode I want to do in the future just on networking. But it, I did notice that that kind of went down a little bit when I wasn't a student anymore. Oh no, exactly. I was actually just on campus today. Yeah. Um, just eating lunch with my family and it's that whole, I look around and I don't know anyone. Yeah. When five, six years ago, I knew everyone. Yeah. Right. And, and it makes it, it makes, it does make my job harder if I'm trying to market towards the college kids. Cause I'm not a part of that scene anymore. Yep. And it's, and it's really hard. And I have to rely on someone else when I love being the person that knows people. So I can actually talk to them in mm -hmm. person and be like, Hey, check out our show or Hey, come to our college age workshops. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Now I'm just like, okay, college crew members, talk to your friends because <laughs> I don't know them anymore. And let's yeah. get some people here. Now we're old. <laughs> no, we still have lots of time. But I, I do feel relief after graduating because now I'm just like, you know, I'm well, and I'm someone who pursued what I love doing even while I was in school. So I don't feel like super behind necessarily, but now that I'm graduated and I don't have homework and I don't have all of that responsibility, I just, okay, now I can focus on making money and doing what I love. Yep. And it feels really, really good. But I do think for anyone listening who's in school, you can do what you love and go to school. Oh yeah. You don't have to choose either or, but it does mean sacrifice. Like instead of five hours of Netflix after class, it's five hours of, of effort into what you love. Oh yeah. I, I learned after college, less video games, mm -hmm. less Netflix, less movies. Yep. And, and that's fine because the priorities changed. And yep. if you can actually learn that in college and make use of the time, you're one step ahead of everyone else. And there's more time than you think. Oh yeah. Available. And then also with what you said about Oh shoot, just left my mind. Oh no, you're good while you're trying to think mm -hmm. about that. Like I wake up earlier now. Yeah. College I slept in as long as I could. Right. I, I'm I'm more productive. And maybe it's because I'm maturing or I'm realizing how important that time is. Especially when you get married, you have a family. Time is huge. Not and now I'm trying to push my work schedule as fast as I can so I can get home to my yeah. kids, right? To to at least what matters to me. And in college, that wasn't per se the case because I, I wasn't married or I didn't have kids yet. Mm -hmm. So it was, it was totally different, but I see what you mean. It changes a ton. Yeah. Well, and I remembered what I was going to say. Awesome. <laughs> you mentioned how important it is 
having something that you love that you're good at and how you need both of those things. It can't be something you love that you suck at and it can't be something that you're good at that you hate. Right. It's got to be those two married together, right? And I feel like if you genuinely have that, then you'd rather do that than Netflix anyway. Oh, yeah. Like, so it does. Priorities change, things shift, and you end up putting your... You put it. You put what you love in your time slots and in your calendar, and that becomes so much better. And you honestly are happier. Oh yeah, it's it's fun. Mm-hmm. Like I mean, do I have hard days? Totally. But you learn. Yeah, these last two weeks have been hard, but <laughs> they've been so much fun. And and that's it. the way to do it. I mean, life is going to be hard, but if you're going to hate life while doing it, then that's it's going to be a boring life. And I don't think we're we're here to be bored. I think we're yeah. here to be challenged, to to perform, and and honestly, I, I like having fun. Yeah, and you can still do that while working. Yeah, right. It's just a whole different fun. Like Mondays, love Mondays. That means I get to get, I get to get back to the grind. I get to start my week. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, don't get me wrong, I love weekends. Yeah, but I, don't, I don't dread Mondays. Yeah, I'm and, excited for that. A lot of people do. Oh yeah, and it's sad. Yeah, so. If you need, and I learned this too, it's funny that you say that because I listen to Gary Vaynerchuk who also talks about like being pumped and amped for Mondays, you know, and something that he said that I learned from that hopefully all the, all of you listening, if you haven't heard it, then you can learn something too. But if you do dread Monday, then you need to change your life. Yeah. Stop being a Garfield. Right. <laughs> yeah. And to the younger listeners, if you don't know what Garfield oh, yeah. is, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh man. Look it up. Just Google. <laughs> okay. Um, so let's plug plug what you've got going on here too. You've got these two flyers. I'm gonna let you talk about them just because you know more about them. So <laughs> Yeah, so the first thing we have going on is in July from the fifteenth through the nineteenth. That's a full week. That's a Monday. Through Friday, we have a hip-hop summer dance camp provided by our studio, The Lost Tribe. And we're calling it Common Ground because we're bringing non-dancers, different studio um, dancers, different high school dancers all into one area where we can learn hip-hop together. And it's not so divided between, oh, my studio or your studio or my (laughs) school. You know, we're all just one. Um, I'm bringing two choreographers from California and Washington and it's going to be a fun week every single day of classes. And we, so we have ages 8 to 12 from 8 in the morning to 11 all five days. And the 13 and older, we have Monday through Friday all five days from 12 to 6. So it is a lot of dance. Yeah. Right? Um, and what's going to be cool is the second thing we got going on is we actually have our common ground hip-hop dance show. So what happens is throughout the week of the camp, the camp participants will learn not just one, but a few routines that will be in the show as well. The other okay. half of the show, though, is going to be my Lost Tribe Dance Company College Cruise. And we're providing a whole set of different numbers and it's different hip hop styles. And I think that's what I want to share with the community is that there are different styles of hip hop and they haven't seen it yet. So I want them to see the different styles and I want them to see what you know, what real hip hop looks like and what a hip hop show feels like. Cause really I don't think they've, ex- they will, if they don't go to these, they will experience the love that you yeah. feel within the hip hop community. So yeah, make it to that show. That show is on Friday, July 19th. 
um, at the Madison Junior High in Rexburg, Idaho, and it starts at 7, doors open at 6.30. Awesome. Dude, I'd love to be there. That'd be awesome to see. Well, hopefully, maybe we can get some beatboxing in that, but we'll have, <laughs> we'll have to talk to talk about that later. Well, and it'd be cool to... Uh, Do a routine to some beatboxing. Yeah, to have some, someone dance to some beatboxing. I've done that with Joseph a couple right? times. Yeah. Constantino, who's in your Lost Tribe group. Um, and honestly, just watching, I love watching dance. And I'll be honest, and I wanted to talk with this with you about this too, but I love watching the dance TV shows. Oh, yeah. the I mean... I'm not a huge fan of Dancing with the Stars. I will say that. My mom and sister watch that, and they're like, you need to watch that one. I don't find it that amusing, but I love World of Dance. Oh, yeah. I love So You Think You Can Dance. Yep. I loved the America's Best, Best Dance, dance crew. crew with the Jabberwockies and all the different crews that came on, which now I feel is more World of Dance. Right. But I love watching those shows, and every single time I'm like, man... If only there was a live show that I could go to that I could watch that doesn't require me going to Las Vegas and paying tons of money, you know? And so I think what you're providing with these students and with hip hop shows and teaching really what it's all about, like you're providing this demographic, uh, a show to go to that's different. Exactly. And I mean, when you say live, obviously a lot of these numbers will be choreographed, mm -hmm. but we are going to have a youth battle. Wow. between the camp participants and we're also going to have a b-boy battle and if you don't know what that means it's a break dance battle mm -hmm. so i have some of the best breakers in this area giving it their all and it's all freestyle they don't know what songs gonna be played they don't know who they're going against until it's on the spot mm -hmm. and that's that's real yeah right and, and that's what i want to show that th there's the choreography side which is amazing right we see that with all the shows but there's a freestyle side, right? When you go to big cities and you see all those street dancers trying to make money on the side, we have that too, yeah. right? And when we can show you that live, not choreographed or anything, well, just straight live. And I think too, maybe this is another one of those stereotypes, but I think because it's so different for this area, people think it's not going to be good. Right. And so they'll be like, well, I don't want to go to a hip hop show in, in Southeast Idaho because it's not going to be that good. Well, I can personally attest to the fact that that's wrong. And because I've been to a bunch of your shows, I've seen you guys dance and you guys are freaking good. It's quality and it's not, be, it's not crappy because it's here. Right. Oh, and what's funny is we had our kind of like, we had an end of the end of the year showcase, mm -hmm. AKA it's a recital for my dance studio. Yeah. And we, I got so many feedback and comments about how amazing this and entertaining the show was that they told me, oh, this is the best dance recital show I've ever been to. <laughs> Do not tell my granddaughters about their other ones because hip hop just has that entertaining side that keeps you on your feet. Right. And, yeah. and I think they mistakenly thought that it was just going to be a Southeast Idaho hip hop and that it wasn't going to be good. No, we blew their minds. Yeah. And, and that's what this is about. That is bringing that culture that I can and we still can provide good quality hip hop mm -hmm. here in Southeast Idaho. And I don't think people believe that. So hopefully I can change more minds by coming yeah. to the show. People don't believe until they see that it's working and then they'll act like they always believed. Yep. And, and this area is the marketing you have to do here is so different because yep. we're a little bit more behind. So word of mouth is huge yep. in this area. And, and I understand that. And that's why I understand it's going to take time. But if you have July 19th open that Friday night, 
make your way to Rexburg. I promise you, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. Just yeah. because you have these crews on these TV shows doing amazing things doesn't mean we can't do it here. And I'll prove to you that. So yeah. come check out our show. There's many different styles of hip hop. I mean, some of them are a lot more lyrical hip hop. You'll be surprised. Well, obviously, we have the hyped hip hop and then we'll have the battle. So your hour and 15 minutes will be well spent. <laughs> I love that. I want to go. I'm excited for it. Uh, well, before we go, I know we got to get out of here. I just wanted to run through these quick questions with yeah, for you. Sure. One, what is your favorite dance show? So my favorite, what is or what was? Is it present? Because obviously it was America's Best Dance Crew. Okay, after that one. Okay. <laughs> so I think World of Dance is probably my favorite. Mm -hmm. it's, it's a very hard show to judge because it's so many different styles and, and sizes mm -hmm. and, I, and it is biased to hip hop. Yeah, and I, and I think seen, it is because I've it's so that, entertaining. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. only hip hop teams or duels have won. Yeah. But as of right now, I think that's. Or that's, like the really, really strong individual contemporary people. Right. Yeah. But right. other than that, it's been hip hop crews. Right. Uh, so right now I think that's my favorite just because of that aspect of the hip hop crews. Mm -hmm. Right. Okay. Who is the most famous dancer you've ever met? That I or or choreographer or someone in that dance field? Yeah, so I think the most famous dancer that I've ever met. I actually just met her in February. Her name is Paris. Mm -hmm. She is in charge of the royal family. Oh wow! If you haven't heard of the royal family, YouTube that they are amazing. Mo mostly girls. They're from New Zealand. Wow. And they've been the hip hop international world champions for a few years. Dang. She choreographs for Justin Bieber, Janet Jackson. Um, you name it. She's done it. Sierra. Mm -hmm. So I think she is the biggest and most well-known choreographer and dancer that I've met. And I still plan on meeting more. I was so. going to say, who do you aspire to meet? Like who's someone that's your idol that like, you could die happy, like super happy. Everything would be perfect if you could meet this person. So his name is Keone Madrid. He was actually on World of Dance, I think the second season with his wife. Okay. So it's Keone and Mari. He's actually a part of the Kinjas as oh, well. Those guys are sick. Yeah. Um, but it's always been a dream of mine to actually train under him, take some more private classes from him. Yeah. So I, so I can learn how to be a better director and choreographer as well. Mm -hmm. um, and then just the way he not just does choreography, but makes it a story, I think is, is an amazing thing. Cause you can, you can make moves up, you can put it to the music, but if you can create a story that people feel, mm -hmm. you touch emotions. And when you touch emotions, people remember that. Yeah. And I, I think you do a pretty good job at that, but, um, I definitely see how it'd be valuable to be mentored by someone like him, you know? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, okay. What's other than dance, like what's a favorite TV show? <sighs> favorite TV show. I mean, if we're talking old school, back when I was younger, Boy Meets World, <laughs> that was a good Corey one. and Sean, that that's a dope one. You have the classic friends mm -hmm. for sure. And I know I might get heat for this. <laughs> But I'm going to say it because I hit that point where I don't care what other people think. <laughs> but at least the newer version that's on Netflix right now, Queer Eye. Oh, I love Queer Eye, I dude. love it. I love it because I love that people can learn and realize that they are better than they thought they were. And yeah. all it took was five gay guys to come in and just help you realize that. And I love that. Yep. It, it makes me wake up 
wanting to dress better for my wife. It's made me realize that I can cook. I can dress better. I mm-hmm. can look at fashion in a different way. I can do my hair however I want, but in a nice way. Yeah. And it, and it helps you realize that you are awesome. Yep. You are amazing. I think that showed us two major things. One, it just self-improvement, Oh yeah. you know, overall, like teaches you, you could be better. But then also I think it teaches people who are not okay with certain like beliefs or whatever, that it doesn't matter. We can all believe what we want to believe and still get along. Oh, exactly. And still be happy and still love and support one another. Zero judgment. Love is love. Know? Race, sex, religion. It, it doesn't matter. Like yep. your brother's or you have neighbors, right? Love thy neighbor. Love yep. them. Love them like you want to be loved. Yep. And that's that's how it should be. And there's just so much hate that in that show you can see that there really is love. Yep. It exists. Sometimes people are scared to show it. Mm-hmm. But I think you should because there's no way nothing will ever beat love. Yeah. That's just how it is. That made me think of the Black Eyed Peas song, Where Is The Love? Oh, yep. Have you done a dance number to that one? I have not yet. That one would be a fun one. That is dun, fun dun, with dun, dun, Justin Timberlake. Dun, yep. Dun, dun, okay. Dun, if I could freestyle rap, I would, dun, but dun, I'll stay to dancing. Dun, 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 dun. What's wrong with the world, mama? People living like they ain't got no mamas. That song, look it up, guys. I mean, it's an older one, <laughs> okay. but definitely look it up. I love that song so much, and that one would be a really co- cool one for, for a dancer team, yeah. I think. Um, anyway... That show Queer Eye, I think it teaches that it exists, it's out there and you don't even like, you don't have to dive in to the nitty gritty details of somebody's life. Right. And you don't have to only focus on the things that they do that you don't believe in and then be negative about it. Just love everyone. Yeah. Don't judge. Yep. Because you don't know what they're going through. Nope. They don't know what you're going through and you're not perfect. No one is. Exactly. So exactly. Who who's right is it for you to downlook someone? Yep. Just love them. I love that. Okay, last question. Uh, and this is where you could plug yourself to, but what's your like favorite social media platform? Um in this demographic it'd have to be Facebook, right? Because I'm more marketing towards the parents, not per mm-hmm. se the students, the parents, but Instagram is amazing yeah and that's what the youth are kind of with right now and you can still advertise and some parents are on there but at least for business facebook would be it you can look us up look look our page up lost tribe dance and then obviously on instagram and twitter you can look up at lost tribe dance as well you can see who our instructors are you can see all about our camps our shows auditions for the college crew audition for our youth crews what classes we have mm-hmm. all that information is there and then obviously we have our website which is the lost tribe dance.com and you can see what our rates are and we have two locations one in rexburg one in idaho falls so it makes mm-hmm. it easier for those to travel and make it there so hit us up come vibe with our tribe that'd, <laughs> it'd be fun awesome i love that was well, there anything else that you want to make sure 100 percent you get on the podcast um i just i think i want the listeners to know that you're awesome you're amazing and you can do anything don't let age don't let race don't let 
this or that stop you. You can do anything. People love you. You may not maybe feel it or know it, but we love you. And keep the love going because that is what makes the world go round. So, and I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Awesome. <laughs> and thanks, Keo, for being on the podcast, being on Upbeat with me. Yeah, no problem. This is Upbeat with beatboxer, musician, speaker, and show host, Parker K. Subscribe at parkerk.co.